Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chomcast, the official video game podcast of Sorechomp. St. Patrick's Day, a holiday filled with drinking, merriment, and plenty of people pretending that they're Irish despite never having taken an ancestry test, is almost upon us. This Thursday, you will see green everywhere, and if you're in elementary school, make sure you're wearing green or you will get pinched. But before all the festivities begin, we figured we would corral some of that energy. This week, we are going to be discussing luck in gaming and if it's an interesting mechanic. We have had this one on the docket for quite some time, so I'm excited to get to it. We will also be discussing the games we have been playing, which admittedly have only been Triangle Strategy and Elden Ring. We will round out the show with some social media polls that were voted on by you, the Chompers. It's seeming like it's going to be a shorter show, but when it comes to us, you never really know. Speaking of us, let's get into the intros and get some names to voices. First, I am joined by a man who was once fired from his job as brewmaster after being asked to turn all of the beers green for St. Patrick's Day. He turned the beers pink instead and exclaimed, I bow to no one. He was fired from his job where he wandered the streets for 11 months. After turning tricks to make ends meet, he was hired as Marshy O'Sally, a knockoff mascot of the Lucky Charms mascot. He donned the suit and marched outside of a supermarket attracting customers. He saw his old boss from the brewery and proceeded to beat the shit out of him. He has been on the run ever since. Calling in from the parking lot of a McDonald's is Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing today? What up, big homies? I want to clear up some mysteries in that story, by the way, because it's not entirely accurate. It wasn't that I refused to dye the beers green. There was a miscommunication because I was very drunk, and I thought it was International Women's Day, so I did, like, a pink thing. Um, mm. It was just, you know, I, was try- I thought I was doing something good. For the people. For the people. But yeah, I killed that guy. (laughs) That part, 100% true. 100% true. So now you're just calling in from different McDonald's parking lots, am I I correct? Officially, what it's going to say in the show notes is from parts unknown. Hmm. Yeah, the last one, you know. It's actually on your ingredient list. At yeah. the McDonald's, yeah, but if you order it's, anything it's, from there. That's actually in the filet of fish. It's it's 90% parts unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nice. I like that. No, you know, your your last location, Rich, they've been closed down at this point. Is that correct? The last McDonald's you were kind of uh, I, um, staying at? The, my uh, legal counsel has advised me not to comment on that. Okay, well, I'm not your legal counsel, so I'll comment for you. My um, legal my you know, legal counsel is this this plush of Yoshi. <laughs> well, with uh, with McDonald's pulling out of uh, some nation, which you know who doesn't pull out? You know, this guy. I just can't seem to put. <laughs> I just can't seem to put my name on it. You've had to go to different locations. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's right next to Ukraine. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, really quick, shout out to Ukraine. You know, for uh, not giving in and not giving up. Yeah, not giving in to the Legion of Doom. Um, You guys saw, um, interestingly enough, 
uh, the dev team, I can't remember the name of the developer right now, who is set, uh, centered in Ukraine, uh, the team doing Stalker 2, just kind of put out a message saying, like, the game's delayed indefinitely because they're going to fight for their country. Uh-huh. Mm. I didn't actually see that, but I'm not surprised. But, like, yeah, it's just, it. it's things like that that, like... GSC Game World. Y- yes, yes, thank you. It's things like that that just kind of gotcha. put it in perspective to be like, yeah, this is real shit with real people that's happening and being like, hey, sorry, like, we don't, like, our timetable is dramatically changed because we need to, you know, I, I, I believe Ukraine is a conscripted army, so basically, like, anyone, any, any able-bodied males are going to go fight. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. There's a one minute and 30 second video that they just recently posted about how um they were doing the cutscenes for the game and now they're all going to war yeah that's it's crazy it's crazy but you know terrible terrible yeah, they time, were obviously, like but best they were life. even working on it the week leading up to the invasion yeah that makes that makes sense i mean think about like that game was poised pretty big that last uh e3 microsoft's e3 conference that was like one of their big show pieces interesting interesting stuff it's a it's a hell of a time we're living in right now but um that won't stop rich from loitering in mcdonald's parking lots listen man i've burned plenty of fast food franchise to the ground i've done it by accident i'm pretty confident i could do it on purpose so don't test me. Well, you know what? Someone's got to be out Someone's there. Someone's got to be out there committing arson. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's going to be me. That's right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Please don't burn this one down, Rich. At least not yet. Uh, we got we got a show to record. Yeah, they, they don't want me to use their bathroom anymore. Well, yeah. I don't really know what to say to that, but I'm glad you're here, Rich. Thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm also joined by a man who spends the weekend of St. Patrick's Day at a nudist colony. For an entire weekend, they go to an undisclosed location in the woods where they catch up and play games. In their most recent memoir of the nudist experience, they wrote about how they will bring all of them, all the nudists, bring a barrel of potato cubes. The men, or people who identify as men, will place them on their boners and try to flip them up into each other's mouths for trick shots. Uh, the person who's about to join us, their highest score was a 27 in one hour. So calling in before he heads off for another weekend of bliss and boner flipping, being unshackled from the prisons of cloth is Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing today? I thought I could beat that score, but... Uh... I can I can live with it. I always believed in oh. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it takes a lot of skill, and I think twenty seven is a respectable number. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the hardest part of that is actually just being able to even pick out where the cube ends, and the rest of that pasty pasty flesh begins. It's um, <laughs> just a. Uh, Far, far too similar. Of a, <laughs> I gotta go use the McDonald's a, a bathroom between, you know. 
<laughs> am, am I gonna no? Anyway, there's, there's so much to break down there. First off, you saying the 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 skin pigmentation is so close to potatoes, but also rich. Rich sounds like he's gonna go try and flip flip a large uh, French fry into his mouth. Hold on, hold on. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody's knocking on my window. Go around, porgulatza, porgulatza. Sorry. <laughs> Did you research that? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, what else do you do at the nudist colony? Um, I mean, if you, if you're willing to discuss it, I I know that you're kind of secretive about it, and you've wrote about some of it in your memoir. So maybe if you could talk about some of what your memoir. Yeah, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what I've teased on other. Uh, other other parts of the book tour um yeah other so, so platforms get, get something new here uh for anyone you know keeps up with with all of it Just, you know don't, don't want people hearing the same things over and over um coming to the same things over and over yeah i mean <clears throat> the potatoes well, for for the mm-hmm. you know the, the barrel of potatoes you know said said beforehand uh, th- those are cooked just because, you know, you don't want to end up with a bunch of uncooked potatoes out there because then, you know, anyone gets hungry, you're stuck with uncooked potatoes. There's not much you can do with that. And being nude, boiling anything is is a risky endeavor. Do you remember um, when this show used to be about video games? I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about, Rich. Um, Me neither. Sorry, finish your story. So so anyway, we we always bring those potatoes, but uh, just because you know we like to give back, we also bring an extra barrel of you know potato slips that we've kind of started beforehand, and then replant some of those potatoes to kind to give back uh, in, in a way hmm. that only the Irish nude can. Um, I mean that's that's really nice. So, I mean you know wildlife can also participate in boner flipping competitions as well i mean i wouldn't be surprised if you'd see deer and rabbits just flipping away i mean excluding is not something you know that nudists are are really big fans of um i like that inclusion even in a nudist colony especially really It was it was a little unfair, um, allowing the wildlife to compete. Um, yeah, just just frankly, they seem like they they're, have a, they're, a leg up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was really getting everyone down, uh, just getting destroyed by you know any random by the potato flipping or the to, boner happened to wander by and just. Mm. You know, destroy them yeah in the uh, the boner flip boner flip do it they did what they had to do yeah. <laughs> i wanted to hear you say that so bad i finally got fucking it. sick all fucking sick boner flipping <laughs> i wanted to hear josh say boner flipping. i want to hear you say it all right <laughs> all right i'm happy with that i'm happy with that we can end the bit there but no josh i'm glad you're here um i hope next week you enjoy your nudist colony um i mean that sincerely i'm not judging at all yeah, I'm hoping it warms um, up a little before then. Um, yeah, otherwise your boner is not going to be able to be a boner. It's not like a polar bear club situation. Uh, I mean, 
the shrinkage is less of an issue than the frostbite uh, whenever we, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the uh, the 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 get-togethers this early in the year, that's, that's always a concern because uh, once that's become an internal organ, it's even harder to kind of keep, you know, tabs on everyone else, make sure that you're not seeing any signs of frostbite because it's, it's always good to, uh, you know, watch out for your community there and, you know, mm. try, to, try to nip that in the bud when, when you're not I, nipping I thought, anything else in the bud. I was going to say, um, I thought that was a <laughs> different term in that community. <laughs> yeah, it becomes less of a nudist colony, more of an orgy. It's when, really one big you know, family. Members are cold and you got to heat them up and the mouth is one of the best places it's, to It's do really, that. you know, like one big family that tongue punches each other's fart boxes. Yeah. Mm. Someone's got to do it. I don't know what they do. Did someone say family? Olive Garden. Because when you're here, <laughs> you're family. Oh, man. Whoa. Well, I'm glad you're here, Josh. Uh, my name is Shay, by the way, uh, calling in from Japan. I wanted to tell you guys, because I had messaged you guys, I almost didn't make it to the show today. Um, last night, I was playing basketball. And I had caught a rebound. I jumped up, caught a rebound, and I turned around to start dribbling. You really shouldn't find this I always... <laughs> And there's, there's this guy. I, I play in the same club. So one of the guys that was trying to get the rebound over me didn't quite get it. Um, so he pulled a gun. He pulled a gun. No. And you uh, had to save no, everyone. He got, frust- he, got a, he got frustrated that I, I beat him on the dribble. And I've done this before. And I'm not proud of it. I haven't done it a lot, but I've done it before. Sometimes your body just reacts to when you get beat because you're you're being competitive and you don't want to lose. And I've stuck my foot out to trip somebody. And thankfully, I've never injured anybody um, the few times that I've done it. That's exactly what he did to me. And I know he didn't intentionally mean to hurt me or anything, but he uh, I beat him on the dribble, and, I, and I'm looking down to put the ball onto the floor. Um... And I see his leg, leg come out right in front of mine, and I don't have time to avoid it. And so I just eat shit, and all my weight fell on my right arm, and I it just it flopped really hard, and I immediately felt the surge of pain in my elbow and forearm area, and I thought I I broke my arm because like I sat there for about fifteen seconds, in in a lot of pain. And then I, I kind of flip over, and there's this big bulge right about where the connection of elbow to arm that's, is. That's like, a weird place for your dick to be. Is that my fucking bone? Yeah. That's I a... thought that was my bone, so I just immediately went into shock. Yeah, I understand. And, that, I yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I was trying to hide it because I didn't know if it really was my bone Just like with any, I didn't want... any bulge. Uh-huh. Shut the fuck up. No, nope, there's someone um, bring you a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you just Thanks. tuck it into your waistband? <laughs> <laughs> um and one of my former students that i used to teach i brought him with me was there and i was like oh fuck i don't want him to see this shit you know so um i i walked myself over to the side and i sat down and they they asked me if i wanted to go in the ambulance and i was like not really i don't no, have a thousand dollars oh no it's free. I, I know but that's the joke like the american like being resistant to it. like why don't, why don't you just go in the ambulance come on because i don't have a thousand dollars Right, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's sure, my reaction to anything medical here is how much is it going to cost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because that's the American in me. But I, uh, I, I get in, I get in the ambulance. They ask me some questions. I go to the hospital. They take some X-rays. Thankfully, nothing's broken. No dislocation. Um, I still have a big bulge on my arm right now. I don't know what the fuck it's from. They're gonna be checking to see if I have a fracture, and they'll get back to me. And if I don't, they won't contact me. Yep. But all of Turns that, out it was cancer. you know, you the ambu- never looked at your arm that closely in, until you until uh, you fell on it like that. <laughs> My arm has a clitoris. Is that what you're saying? And I never noticed it. Yeah, it's new, newly formed. Cancer, C- cancer. Oh, oh, that's what you're saying. I didn't right? want. That's not I exciting, Josh. I did. I didn't want to correct him. Your thing's way darker. Yeah. That. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so the point being is, um, I have the beholder. I was expecting a lot because I had to go to the ER and get X-rays and stuff, and it was twenty-five dollars for everything. All right. And that was and, was and that was what your your copay for the the office visit and they'll just send the rest of the bill later. No, like I don't have a copay. That's it. That's oh, all I'll okay. Pay. So it's gonna be like a, a, they're gonna bill you for like five grand then. No, there. No, 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 no. That's it. I'm done. That doesn't. That doesn't sound right. I don't think so. He must have uh, really hit his head man. whenever he landed like that. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of their questions. They were super concerned. They're like, "Did you hit your head?" And I was like, "No." Are you sure? And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure." No, but are you really? Yes, I just hit my arm. Like, Where did up, you mom. hit your arm? I'm fine. You too, yeah. mom. You're talking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to school. Patrick Stewart, is that you? I, I just want you to know, Shay, that um, in prep there were a few hours where I thought we were unfortunately going to have to do the show without you. And as a backup, I I wrote what I thought was a really good bit. Uh, where don't don't spoil oh. it. Don't spoil it for the day that I'm not here. Oh, save okay. it, yeah. Unless you can't save it. I no, it's it's definitely a really topical intro at some point this summer that no one remembers. <laughs> it's <laughs> we're talking about it. makes it. It's about the season finale of The Bachelor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I was concerned. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't super late at night, but I thought I was gonna have to get surgery last night. And thankfully, uh, my arm hurts a fuck ton today, but not. Thankfully, not near as bad as having to get surgery. So that's ideal. I made it. Mm-hmm. I made it. Don't be tripping, kids. Don't be tripping each other. You see, because he. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing we don't need to figure out how you feel about it, because we're going to just go straight to the topic of the show. So this one has been on the docket for quite some time. I actually wanted to do it for last St. Patty's Day and, uh, other things came up. I can't remember what we ended up doing instead, but I figured, you know what? If we're going to do it, we got to wait for the next St. Patty's Day, and it's a year later. The world is still a hellhole, but we're going to ignore that for a few hours and actually talk about some video games. So let's get into some video game talk. Luck in a video game. Now, that's some that's a topic that's really, I think, interesting because we're always aware of it. But not a lot of games really focus on it or make it a kind of focal point. RPGs are largely the exception to that rule where you can actually put stats in a luck um, stat for your character in some RPGs, not all. And it's something to consider when some people, uh, some developers focus on whether it's like something such as critical hits 
increasing your percentage of critical hits by dumping into luck or just affecting rolls in your favor. Uh, it can be it can be something like that. It can be something where, like in a card game such as a uh, Hearthstone or Magic Arena, that when you're drawing a card, are you going to get the card you need before the other player? There's granted that's more probability than luck, but you know for the sake of conversation, we're going to conflate the two. Things of that nature, we're going to discuss today. So, um, I think it's interesting to kind of start with i i mean just really getting right into it there doesn't need to be much preamble into that and we'll just kind of see where the conversation takes us so rich i'm going to start off with you do you think luck is an interesting mechanic or an aspect to video gaming i think interesting is an a, a way to put it um i think it's a a necessity to some degree um, some games utilize it in a lot more of an apparent way, but you would be hard pressed to find a game where there isn't some sort of RNG element where there aren't some form thing where numbers are being run in the background that aren't obvious to the players. And there's some level of randomness, uh, to what is happening to you. Like you'd, you'd, and you could even say the same thing with, like, the pathing on an AI. Like, there's a random element, in it's, and it is unavoidable. In some games, it is at the forefront when you look at things like Mario Party that are basically digital board games. Um, mm, and yeah. other places, it's not quite as obvious when you're, you know, looking at, like, a turn-based RPG where it's, like, you know the the role in the background for an enemy's accuracy on it on a powerful attack right and i think that's an interesting point too because from what i've read in the past and it's the not too distant past is a lot of developers they have this challenge of kind of engineering the probability so to speak of their game to where it's not a true probability you know if it's if something says it's like a a 70% chance really i mean that's like 7 out of 10 times right but if the if the player feels like that it's not generous enough they're going to get pissed off and they're going to roll off on that uh as in they're not going to want to continue playing because they feel like it's a, a, at a disadvantage to them they're disadvantaged by the probability or the quote unquote luck so a lot of times developers have to engineer the probability to make sure it's like you're aware that there's a chance that you're going to fail but yeah through that it's that you have a greater chance despite those numbers and their actual probability or luck meaning if that makes sense well, so i mean it's 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 hard to do that i think you want to weigh it in the, the player's favor and a part of that is like the, the first thing i think of with with what you're talking about there shay is like you can't have the true human element. Like, when I think about something like Dungeons and Dragons or, or something like that, there's always, yeah. like, an element of, as somebody who has DM'd a lot of Dungeons and Dragons in the past, somehow somehow making a one a success somehow. Yeah, it's the matter of, like, when you are in control, when you are the dungeon master in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, fun is the bottom line. Like, yeah. the, the hard rule is, it's okay to fudge the numbers in, in the player's favor. Like... 
that's kind of why you're doing your roles behind screens. Because even when they completely fuck up, you're like, no, unless you're a sadistic bastard who is just kind of a jerk. Like, you need to sort of look at things and go, well, this is technically what should happen, but that would not be fun. So I'm not going to say that. Like, that would yeah. be really stupid. Um, uh. And it, it's harder to do that with games because it's, you know, a computer running numbers. But at the same time, sometimes not having that is hilarious. There's nothing quite like your XCOM character at point blank oh, range yeah. with a shotgun with a 99% chance to hit just managing to miss. And yeah, <laughs> watching, like watching, watching that happen on XCOM or like KOTOR where it's like absolutely strict die roll yeah 99.9 percent chance to hit and you just hit that point one, baby Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's i think that's a really good point that a lot i think it's obvious that a lot of people play video games to avoid kind of the daily life happenings in the world and i think part of that too is real life probability you know there are there there is the probability that when you're driving you get into a car accident or um you know a bird takes a shit on your head you know there's always the probability of anything negative happening or anything difficult happening to another person that when you're playing a video game it's like do i want to experience this real world probability in something i'm using to escape reality or at least and cope with reality in some ways they must because no i i I don't think that you want to experience real life probability are you sure because a lot of people have bought elden ring (laughs) that is true Mm -hmm. that is true and i would you say well yeah that's a different conversation kill me dragon daddy we can correlate that when we actually discuss Elden Ring some later today. But yeah, Josh, what's what's some of your take on this? I mean, is is luck an interesting aspect of video gaming? Lady luck. Usually no. Usually no, it's a necessary evil and it's generally dog shit because it's either handled with way too many options and it's obvious when something happens, it just screws you for no reason. Um But I think enough people kind of understand that, that we're starting to get way more thoughtful takes on it. Um, I mean, yeah, a level of parody in some ways. The, the, I mean, I, I've been a fan of, you know, roguelikes for a long time. Um, and they're kind of built around, you know, random chances from, from the core experience. Uh, but in recent years, we've gotten way better at understanding how everything's put together and kind of removing those outside chances that were possible before where you like just couldn't complete a level or something like that. We've, we've gotten way better at that. The things where you're just tripping up on, uh, well, I just need to keep repeating this until the roll is in my favor. Like, that's the stuff that's not fun. Yeah, yeah, and... Like, even, even, like, I think some of my favorite examples of it are when it is a focus, but it's, it's done in a way that you can understand. Um, uh, I mean, something like, uh, Dicey Dungeons is a roguelike that's even more focused on the random chance of everything you're doing. 
but all the rolls mm. are based on dice. So you you un- it's very easy to understand the concept of one out of six chances. Yeah. Um, and and making decisions based off of those sort of odds. When it breaks um, down the odds for you and simplifies them, it's easier to palette stuff like that, and and it's yeah. easier to palette the fa- failures when you were getting that literal physical representation of I know what the risk is going in, and I can see it like visually represented on the screen. Yeah, and I think I that that's one of my favorite examples of luck in gaming uh, of, of recent years. I think they did that. That's just an excellent game. That game's really great. Um, but I I think it kind of shows off kind of how those systems aren't being used well in a lot of other games. Um, like in a lot of games, they're just kind of there to waste your time with like random chances to have certain things drop and whatnot. It just, we've taken the idea of these, you know, neat things happening occasionally and, turned almost all of them into Skinner boxes in gaming over the last couple decades. Um, I, you know, you know, what's funny about that. I think that um, Pokemon Arceus is actually a prime example of that because both on both sides of the spectrum, I think when you're battling, when something has a 70% hit, uh, hit rate, like one of the moves of a Pokemon, it really does feel like a 70%, like a true or as close to a 70%. I think that is like it in a positive way that it is trying to be as close to reality in terms of probability and luck. But then again, you have shinies, which have gotten easier and easier and easier to get that. They're manipulating the probability so much at that. I just want my dopamine, Jay. Yeah. But I think that makes way more sense than before because the chances were always so low that, infinitesimal i would yeah, say the like, chances were so low there was a large margin of people that didn't know what shinies were well a, so that a that still and then, don't know what yeah. they are a a that and then b the ways you could actually manipulate that were just these archaic holdovers from like the 8 and 16 bit eras where nothing's actually random and if you know how to do exactly the right things to manipulate memory you can get you know the results you want from certain roles and whatnot. Yeah, with the stupid things like chain chaining, you know, encounters for Pokemon and shit like that. I'm like, none of that is anything in game as far as like ma- making any sense in universe or anything you could figure out by accident. It, it's a result of people figuring out how to break the game, basically, mm-hmm. uh, in order to not have to put up with the complete dog shit uh, luck that's in that game. Like, you, you want a 1 in 4,000 chance at something? Here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... No. Like, 1 in 4,000 is not an odds of anything happening. Period. At all in a game that's remotely interesting at that point. Unless, unless you're talking about, like, some sort of you know, solar system yeah. type space battle, or like just the numbers are astronomical, so it's it's more of a this will eventually happen anyway sort of thing. Like just right, you sure. know, you're you're dealing with gigantic scales. 
but on like a yeah. normal, you know, you know, regularly right. scaled game. Unless you're talking about something, you know, massive. Um, mm, right, 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 right. Now, yeah, to, to shift it a little bit, do you guys think? specifically with RPGs when they give you the ability to drop points in the stat of luck is that something that you guys normally will focus on is that something that I I mean obviously it's going to depend on the game largely and what that stat influences and affects but is that something that in general you will look at or is that something that kind of falls to the wayside the for you guys the short answer for me is almost never with uh, one exception, which is uh, I have been known in one particular game because it is one of my favorite things to do, and that game is Fallout New Vegas. Um, mm. I have done multiple of what people call Lucky Larry runs, when you yes. pour all your stat points into luck and just trip your way to victory. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that has a lot to do with the way that particular game handles luck and just has it basically unlock perks that make stupid shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so much with like the idea of the way that stats integrated in most RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like it, it kind of depends. Like some games luck is more like crit chance or whatever. The, and, like a lot of just like, like stat wise. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's good. Like this is a, just a solid damage based thing. It's less luck than, um, you know, it, when you think of like your dragon quests and your Final Fantasies, like the idea of a mm-hmm. luck stat when they do exist in those games is typically exactly what you just said, Josh. It's crit, yeah. crit chance up. Yeah, yeah. Like in some games, I think it's interesting because luck can make you better and worse at things, which I kind of like. It's actually being more interesting. Otherwise, it's just, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like there are interesting things to do with it, but it generally. In, in most games, the luck stat has nothing to do with actual luck. Um, occasionally they do. Like, something like like in Dark Souls, luck is basically your item drop chance Yeah. for, for getting mm-hmm. new equipment and stuff, which sounds like, why would you ever put points into that? Well, because the drop rates in that game suck. But you be, can get them yeah. up to being pretty damn good with a, just a few points in luck. Listen, just a few points are make such massive differences on your rolls because of the way it's calculated there that's like luck feels save you hours off of a run trying to get something. Luck feels like one of those uh like tack-on stats that happened in RPGs later and mm-hmm. everybody knows the most important fabricated stat in video game history is uh when the Super Mario uh, RPG Game Boy series added a stat that was mustache is that real? Yeah, that's 100% real. One of your yep. stats in those that's games dope. is mustache. Yeah, that's amazing. That's dope. I love that. Uh, um, Yeah, I, I don't, like, myself, I don't really dump that many points into luck unless it is gating me from something I need access to. You know, I, I remember, yes. for example, like in the Elder Scrolls games, when you want to do something or there's, like, some dialogue choice not just the Elder Scrolls games, but that's what's popping in my head. Oh, yeah. And you want to achieve, you want to achieve something, but you don't have enough stats yeah. stat dumped. Checks. Yeah, stat checks, essentially. Yes. Then, at that point, that's when I will uh, put stats stat points in a lot. Mass Effect's not a good example of that. Like, those... I think a, a certain later level of RPG, and especially, like, PC-heavy RPGs like that, wanted to add that sort of 
and and again i think that's a very D thing they were trying to replicate of like well we want to have the stat that basically affects that like this shouldn't have worked out but this time it did <laughs> mm. yeah yeah it's it's something that i don't i think it's put on the back burner a lot um in terms of stats when it comes to rpgs Another angle that I want to kind of take with this conversation is when the a large majority of the experience is predicated on that luck or probability. Again, we're conflating the two. They're not one-to-one, but um, for the sake of conversation here, easier to just do that. But for example, like I said in the intro of this topic, a lot of card games. You know, I used to play uh, the the magic of the gathering the actual card game i was very heavy into it in my high school days and shortly after graduating and then i kind of dropped it and haven't really picked then it I up learned since what sex but was. <laughs> well rich come on that was just the, give that, me a little bit that of was this year give me a little bit of credit you know but uh, anyways <laughs> in all seriousness I was, try- I was trying to I was trying to make it feel real awkward there hopefully I succeeded nope. but uh not 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 enough but no I I dropped magic the gathering because of that luck and probability element where you know you could have a really good hand you could be doing really well and then somebody just happens to draw into the card that they need to win and that that as fun as it is to be the person drawing into that card you need to win the game it's you know it's like the inverse probability of it's as little fun for the other person who is on the receiving end of that and that just to me is never well i shouldn't say never it's gotten increasingly less and less fun as time has gone on for me especially when it comes to like digital card games whether it's you're playing gwent on witcher whether you're playing hearthstone i don't enjoy that as much as i used to yeah, there's, and in those games, it's really based more on, like, the, the actual skill is not, I mean, there's there's skill involved with winning a game, but it's way more along the lines of long-term playing the numbers. Uh, like, okay, like, I understand an efficient deck structure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, th- this deck will win my games 52% of the time, and, like, getting getting an extra percent makes a, such a huge difference as far as like actually moving up the ranks and whatnot and little things like that can make can make a right. huge difference but you know you put in a tech card for the most popular deck and then somehow unluckily don't match up against the most popular deck for 10 games in a row or something stupid like that um, like it happens uh, that's just kind of that's how that works and I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that being frustrating sometimes. Where mm. like it doesn't matter how much thought went into it. It's it's literally just a matter of sometimes the numbers are not on your side on a given day, and uh, that's fine. Some people really enjoy that. I don't. Um, in most cases. Um, Right. You know, like I it's there was a time where I was more patient and I'm sure you and all of us were more patient when it came to that kind of stuff. But nowadays, 
I mean, not not to bring it as much to like worldly issues because that 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 is certainly a factor in this in my thought process. But I don't want to be that frustrated when I'm doing something. You know, I don't I don't want to get that frustrated over cardboard or that frustrated over yeah. digital cardboard. I I, I want to be able to you know just sit down and enjoy what I'm doing, and I don't want to have to put in work and be satisfied. 50% of the time, you know, I, I want, I want to at least be able to walk away with some semblance of joy coming out of that. And, yeah, you know, it, like I could have a bad day at ba- playing basketball like I did yesterday, but, um, you know, I still walked away with the fact that, you know, my friends helped me out and that was a positive thing. I, I walked away not really having to spend a lot of money. I walked away, um, still having learned, you know, like I made some mistakes in basketball yesterday. It's like, okay, I watching other people, I learn where I can improve. Whereas with something like a card game, you could make all the right choices and still get fucked over. I mean, that's true of most, most anything you do, including in video yeah, games, in- including sports. It's just that in the sports, you know, it's because someone else worked even harder. Usually, um, mm. instead of it being completely random, that you still right. ended up losing. Um, right. And I can live with that, but the, the the complete randomization of something, that's what gets to me, Yeah, I think. And and even then... I mean, it feels like you have no agency. That's just immediately more frustrating. Yes. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm even fine with having to deal with the consequences of something instead of, I mean, in most games, like, oh, you screw up, you die. Start over. That's not interesting. In, in any meaningful way, you, you, you know, you, you lost a role in your card game. Well, try again next time. Um, I, like, I think one of my favorite games that, that deals with luck recently is Disco Elysium because you can fuck up your way all the way through that game. Just, just fuck up to victory making your way through that game because kind of like we were talking about with, with, you know, a good DM earlier, just because someone screws up a role doesn't mean that the story stops or interesting things stop happening. Things have to keep um, moving. Even like, yeah, if you're running a game well, and as you were saying, Josh, I think Disco Elysium handles that well. It doesn't matter if you fucked up; things can't stay stagnant. Something has the yeah. world and the people have to respond. Everything to keeps it. happening. Like there, are, there are a couple times in game where like a role will just kill you, and that's that's kind of interesting. Um, but like you can, you know. You could restart at that point. But it's far from the majority of them. But yeah, yeah. Almost all of the outcomes are like setbacks on your journey or new interesting things happen because you screwed up. Um, Mm. And you, you know, you, you failed in an interesting way and things kept happening. Right. Um, Right. I, what, one of the last things I want to say about it, and then I want to transition because you're providing a really good transition, Josh, is that, with a lot of games that <coughs> there's a certain luck element to it that you're just going to die. What's nice about most video games, not all of them, and I should say most modern video games, is that it provides some kind of checkpoint system. So if mm-hmm. luck isn't on your side, you're not completely without a paddle up shit creek, so to speak. Yeah. You at least have some ability to go back and rectify the issue whereas like a card game if you get hit 
with a bad luck situation, your whole game is done. It's it's yeah. over with. And that's that's what's not as fun to me. But um, to move off of that onto what you're talking about, Josh, because you actually segued perfectly in what I wanted to ask you guys next. What is a really interesting game or a unique experience in a game that utilizes luck in a fun and an exciting way that differs from something else? And I think Disco Elysium is a really good example of that. Um, I mean, I, I, of course, want to allow you guys to talk about that more if you guys want. But outside of that, um, after after you guys are done talking about that, if you guys have any other examples, I'd love to hear about them as well. Yeah, because, I mean, in, in that game, I, I played a really weird build to start with, with, like, um, kind of played a... On my, on my first time through, I played, like, a uh, kind of a, a good detective. Like, he's good at his job, but, like, bad at basically everything else kind of you know mm. um like not good at talking to people not but like really good at kind of like reading a situation and uh, figuring out what's going on started that game saw that my tie was stuck on the ceiling fan jumped to try to get to it had a heart attack and died because i had one <laughs> hit point I, I i didn't have any points put into my stamina um and even that was an interesting failure yeah it, it like it was it was a fail state one of the few fail states like i mentioned before but like that's that's hilarious like in the first yeah. 30 seconds of the game i jumped up had a heart attack and died <laughs> yeah that shit's hilarious i um, mean like and, and you, you obviously that's gonna stick with you for quite a long time i think that's a great example yeah um but then a, a lot of the other situations like if they're story related um like you'll fail a check but you have uh, they, they do a thing where you can unlock that check by like putting additional points into the skill related to to solving that problem if you want to not not all of the things that you encounter are are things you have to solve you could go try to accomplish you know you're solving a murder maybe you don't follow that particular lead right now you go see what else you can find um and i think that's I think when luck makes you look at a situation in a different way, like kind of reevaluate what's going on here, like oh, like um, I mean, it's it's not even just like a failed role like that game does. Um, I'm trying to think of another example um, that that kind of does a similar thing, but uh, when something unexpected happens and you have to completely rethink how you are going to approach a situation like you, you've been doing some, the same thing uh, you know over and over again but oh this new thing shows up and it, it's not even strictly a luck based thing it can just be that you know something changed game state wise mm. that makes you reevaluate things and I think luck can be a good way to address that uh, but it's, it's not the only way to kind of make that um, you know particular experience happen Mm, right that that can be handcrafted into it it's just that i think that's something that luck can do really well it's just i don't see it done as well as it should be uh i think Um, Mm. and the good examples like disco elysium really stand out because of their distance from the rest of the pack right right yeah yeah that's a really interesting example 
Rich, do you have an, an example off the top of your head that um, a, a, where a game or a situation in a game utilizes luck in an interesting or unique or exciting way? There, there is something I want to bring up, and it, it's interesting because it's not from a video game. It's from a tabletop game, but the reason I want to bring it up is because it has never been used in a video game, and I'd love to see it adapted into one because it's such an interesting yeah. take on luck as a stat. Um, the game is a Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG, which is a tabletop role-playing game. And okay. the way luck... What, what What do you do? What, what Like a brief overview It's a very D&D-like game. D&D-like game. Okay. It's ba- okay. basically a version of D&D, but the, like, that is built around dungeon crawls. But basically, luck in that game is a stat that... Um, is basically rewarded as you progress. Like, you get points in luck for doing things that fit your character alignment. And then luck can be burned. You can literally physically burn your luck stat to increase damage rolls and things along that line. Um, Mm. You can... It's used as your passive stat for, like, noticing traps and things like that. Um, The thief class in that game regenerates luck and uses it for almost everything it does. Uh... If your character dies, your luck stat is the number of rolls the party gets to do to search your body for your valuables. Mm. Uh, it just it luck is feels like such a nothing stat in a lot of RPGs, and that game is really interesting with the way it uses what luck is as a stat and and what exactly the idea is. I think that's really cool. So basically, you have to balance. It's it's kind of like it's like the 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 question of. Uh, if you could go back in time and fix something in your your past life, would you burn ten years of your life to do something like that? Yeah, kind of like it, that. It's a similar idea, totally. It's like, well, you know, my my passive luck's been really helpful here, but if I burn three luck, I can probably finish this boss off with my next hit. Hmm. Yeah, I I like that. That would be cool. I would like to see that utilized in an interesting way. I think. Yeah, I would. I would it's really just, like it's that. It's something that stands out to me because when you asked this question, I thought of that game immediately, and I've never seen anything else quite like it. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, I wonder why. I wonder if it'd be difficult to implement that in an interesting way in a game, or it's just that nobody's done it. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, like stats are not a thing. RPGs nowadays tend to get too crazy with mixing up. Um, but I think there's definitely interesting games to be made by by thinking a little outside of the box and something as simple as that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. I don't really have a, a super interesting as even though I came up with the question. I don't have a really interesting example of it. But I would say just mechanically speaking, I would say for the story though, I really like how Cuphead would always just like there's always that discussion of luck and getting lucky and uh succeeding in the casino and life and recovering your life and whatnot um don't deal with the devil sure yeah exactly (laughs) but no i i don't have a great mechanical example of that off the top of my head unfortunately oh and another great one i forgot to bring up for the uh example of that game actually in that game because i think it was another really interesting way it uses luck um typically like D has rules when you're a dm for like who monster should attack first like you know this monster attacks the nearest person or whatever uh in that in dungeon crawl classics the lower your luck the more likely monsters are to aggro to you hmm. they, mm. they they tend to attack the characters with the lowest luck stat 
So all these reasons to want to expend and not expend a stat. I I think that could be used really well in, like, an RPG, an action RPG or a turn-based RPG. Mm. Right, 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 right. Josh, do you have any other examples that qualify as, you know, like unique or interesting uses of luck in a video game? Ooh, um, that you want to discuss before we move because, on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Because, um, like, I, I kind of I, I mentioned a lot of, like, the roguelike parts of it that I really liked, uh, mm. especially early on. Um, that's just, you know. I think kind of, I feel like we, even even a lot of like the RPGs at the time were kind of built around that same idea with, um, you know, randomly generated dungeons and whatnot that kind of really made things unique. But again, they were super janky at the time, but that it kind of, I don't know how much of that I'd appreciate now because like you were saying, it's, it's we have less time. Mm. For, for that sort of thing, but they like mm. you know, stuck out to me back in the day. They probably frustrate the hell out of me if I went back to them um, in a lot of situations. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I, I don't. It's been too long to say whether I like them as examples or not. I probably don't at this point, but they, you know, still left an impression. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great analysis too because back in the day that's all we had you know that's all we knew in video games so we baseline. were more accepting of it it was just like this is what video games are yeah. right exactly I mean, again, that's, like, that's, that's, that's them, what it is was, especially like in the adventure game space there was still a lot of handcrafting going on even early on like basically all the old text adventures were no no luck at all basically like some of them some of them had a few situations where you know a role would take place but that was that was an exception rather than the rule um exactly yeah and as games have developed though as as we've gotten further into video gaming that like you guys were saying earlier in the conversation they figured out ways to utilize it better yeah, yeah, and ways to yeah. to hide it and shield it and and tilt it more in the player's favor when it makes sense to do so. Um, as like computing technology, in the sense of like AI, we can have to just be running numbers in the background. Got gets better. That stuff gets naturally better. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's cool that you know it can be utilized in many different ways. And I wasn't entirely meaning to to like flame developers or anything like that no but please do i think it's <laughs> it's it's necessary for them to engineer in some way to where you know it's fun it's a video game is objectively fun and not punishing like back in the day well that's where we disagree i don't think video games should be fun i think they should be a chore <laughs> <laughs> well when you come home from your uh 12 hour shift Plop yourself down. Why do you right think I played TV? 15 hours of Elden Ring this week? <laughs> I don't know. Because I hate myself. You're a, you're, a ma- you're a masochist. You're a masochist. Why, but, why yeah, did you say that as Mike some... Tyson? I don't know. I don't know why I said that as you're Mike masochist. Tyson. You're a masochist. You're a masochist. 
you know, I I've never talked shit on uh, him, and I'm not I'm not gonna continue to do so because I don't want to get my ass kicked. I don't you want really think Mike randomly me walking around in you? Japan and him just kick the ever living shit. Hey, you say Layton? <laughs> you can't say shit like that about me, say Layton. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. All right. I'm gonna kick your this? ass so hard, Norm McDonald's ghost is gonna give me a round of applause. <laughs> I would love that. I'd love to get a round of applause from Norm McDonald's ghost. But, yeah, let's read the – we didn't get a lot of comments this week, but let's read the ones that we got on the topic. Um, Peyton Jones, O2, said, if it's lucky for me, yeah, I think it's a great mechanic. And I think I think that, you know. <laughs> That's a correct opinion. <laughs> right, exactly. Objectively, yes. You are not wrong there. Uh, Tawny S., our good buddy, said, yeah, D&D RPGs are some of the best games ever. Gib all the dice rolls. Um, yeah, some of those D&D RPGs are so predicated on what what you experience in an actual D&D I game. Mean, but yeah. the problem with that, which is what you guys were alluding to earlier, is you don't have a, a DM who is, you know, trying to roll the dice sometimes in your favor or fudging it a little bit for the sake of fun. When you're playing a D&D RPG, it's... This it's is what cold, it is. Hard There's no human. I mean, it's cold, it hard numbers. Fudged, though is kind of the thing, and um, without telling you, I mean, this is something that a few games. I'm not a big fan of collectible card games in general, real or digital, just because I kind of. You don't hate yourself. They're real. Like I like them mechanically in a lot of ways, but just the predatory nature of a thing that you will never without continuously pumping money into it, be able to stay up to date or competitive or like you can't play without continuing to pump money into it. That's why I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Um, even, even they, they did have done, this is something that Blizzard did a while ago that actually kind of helped the situation um, was switched to a situation where like the rarity levels are unique until you've finished it. So like all the all the common cards, you'll you'll finish a set of that before you start getting duplicates. All the rare cards, you'll start getting you'll finish the full set before you start getting duplicates, which makes it much more feasible to have a competitive a collection. Yeah. It, um, it's more it's about like you were saying, you're not you're fudging the numbers in a good way. You're making it sound like, all right, the pool is smaller until you finish this. Yes, yeah. And, like, they even have, like, set limits. Like, even though the the percent chance that legendaries, which were the, the highest thing for a long time there, uh, was lower than you'd get 1 in 20, it was also hard capped at 1 in 20. So if you hadn't gotten one in the last 20 packs, you were guaranteed to get one. Um, sure. Like it's there. There are ways to fudge those things in other games, not not just related to card games. Well, I was gonna. It just makes it way more palatable. Um, I was gonna say like thinking, but uh, Che and like Tony's comment there about like you know Dungeons and Dragons RPGs. Like, um, every now and again, re- recently I did it again. I dive back into the early access version of Baldur's Gate Three, a game mm-hmm. that literally gives you represented dice rolls on the screen. I genuinely don't believe when I roll a d20 in that game, it is a 1 in 20 chance. I, I think there's some magic happening back there to make a 1 uh, 
less likely than one in twenty. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's possible. That's it's very possible. Um, I'm not complaining about it. Just to be clear, I just I something tells me like they're they're swinging in a little bit more in your favor. Maybe not on every roll. Maybe it's you know it's not like every three rolls you you've got real way I mean, better they odds could here. Be, they could be faking it by like doing something. I mean, rolling multiple dice and adding them or something like that. Well, yeah, to like give you a much more. I mean, it do- does have like a roll with advantage system and things like that. So mm-hmm. sometimes you literally are doing two rolls, but um, yeah. also like to be fair in games like that, and I think this is the real way to fix that kind of stuff is yeah. you do more so what a DM would do, which you is you write fun results either way. Like, sometimes you roll a critical mm-hmm. fail in Baldur's Gate 3, and you're like, I can't wait to see what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much to add to that. Uh, Warflowers said, I am a fan of minimal luck mechanics in my board games and my video games. It can be infuriating to have a perfect strategy in place, only to be thwarted by some bullshit mechanic. But in a party game, which is something we didn't really talk about, and I wanted to yeah. save it until now. I find it more acceptable. I suppose it's how seriously I take the game. And I think a party game is the perfect utilization of that because we all have been subjected to the blue shell in Mario Kart, both getting and being on the receiving end of that. Mario Party, we've all been the subject of a good placed or well-rolled role or well-placed role, however you want to word that, or an unfavorable role. And I don't really get that frustrated about it because it's like that's a party game we're, we're just here to have fun yeah and that's something especially in board gaming that i love chess I, I love go they're perfect information games they're really fun to play at a competitive level there's there's no you know having a quick game of chess with someone just picking it up that's going to be remotely fair unless you're both at basically the exact same skill level whereas a game with a lot of randomness in it well it also might not be fair it's not you know it's I, still fun i in, exclusively in a, go to central park to play grandmasters uh-huh yeah yeah um so yeah like it's there, there are places where that especially in board gaming um where, I mean, not even necessarily board gaming, but like, kind of like you were saying, in party gaming and multiplayer sort of situations where you want the game to like really make it obvious that this is not a serious thing and having blatant luck, the random mechanic, um, really signposts that well as far as, um, you know. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of stopping you from getting too concerned over the outcome. Um, mm. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I think I think I'd agree with most of what you're saying there. At least I understand with most of what you're saying. Yeah, I I can't really. Can you guys think of a better example than like a party game to where luck is like okay, you know, even if I get kind of fucked over, it is what it is. You know? Not really. I mean, I think Mario Party is like the key example of that, or like the. 
it's not even necessarily a random element in this case, but it's like that's just not the way those games are designed to be played. It's like like you know like a Jackbox games or something. Like it's mm. just that being the clear cut. This needs to work a certain way because I need to win is not the way games like that are really built. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm trying to think of anything other than like party games that. I mean, there, a few of them, but again, they're kind of they're based off of older ideas. I mean, solitaire. I think most versions of solitaire at this point are made to be solvable shuffles, just because it's you know at least fun to know you have a chance. But for the longest time, none of that was done. Any random shuffle happens, you you can you can absolutely get stuck with the deal you can't solve. Um, yeah, and, and like some of those some, some of those old like solitaire games like that, like Minesweeper does that fairly regularly. Where every now and then you'll get to the end and you just get a coin flip. Like it's in one of these two spots, click one and live with it. Um, which, you know. I understand it's frustrating if you just spent 20 minutes on it, but um, if you're an insane person who actually likes Minesweeper like me, that that's that's more that's a three minute commitment that ends up with yeah. a coin flip at the end instead of a you know sinking a ton of time into it, and you just, you understand that the way the luck works in it. Occasionally, your first click will just kill you, and you start over like. Um, or those coin flips will happen at the end, and you just, you know, just click something, move on. Um, mm. Right. And I don't know. Like, I kind of, I like the idea of low-stakes failures. Um, like, that that can still work when it's just, it's not a huge commitment, um, mm. even, if, even if you lost. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I think... Not that those are the only ways, but those are. Those are those are the for me the the ways that I've found luck being integrated, and it's the most enjoyable in a game, I think. Yeah, yeah. You've got so. options. You've got options for for how you want to deal with it. So. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's. I don't think there's. <clears throat> excuse me. There's much more to discuss about. Um, this topic i mean is there anything else you want to mention before we move on either one of you i think we got it i think we did too i think we did too well let's go on break real quick we're gonna uh pay the bills and we'll be right back is that shitting yes okay i'll be right back then (laughs) good people of the earth if you're here listening to the chomp cast i want to say a big thank you now, I don't know if you know this, but the Chompcast isn't the only podcast that we do. That's right! We have Evoking the Sublime, where Shay interviews game developers about the creation of their games. We also have Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the story of video games, as well as the occasional TV show and movie. And lastly, our newest podcast, Chomping at the Bits, went live just a few months ago, where myself and some friends break down the historical relevance of popular video games over the years. We have tons of content, and we'd love for you to check it out and let us know what you think. 
You can listen wherever you get your podcasts or over at the Sword Chomp website. Now, if you ladies are done gabbing, I have some shit to do. Hey. Hey. We're back. Hey. We're back, and we're going to talk about some Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Louis Armstrong, is that you? I see trees of green. <laughs> You've got a friend in me. Oh, wait. Hey, everybody, no. it's oh, me, no. Louis Armstrong. I'm a guest mm-hmm. on the Sword Chomp cast. <laughs> Louis? Red roses, too. All right, let's talk about some video games, Louie. Uh, first, we're gonna talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Triangle Strategy, which is um, a brand new game that seemingly dropped and ten people cared about. No, a lot of people cared about it, but because of uh, Elden Ring being as hot as it was, it's easy to understand that the newest title from Art Dink and Square Enix would be missed, but. We're going to talk about it today. Rich and I have sat down to play it uh, varying lengths, and we're going to burst into our first impressions because uh, there's a lot more game to play. Uh, I was the first one that broke into it. I got it on release day and started playing it pretty much immediately, and um, I'll I'll drop in my very first impressions, and then we'll kind of let the conversation go as it will, Rich, but... I was pretty high on the first battle and getting into the game. There's some preamble uh, kind of laying. And it's the same as the demo, uh, the intro demo. The first three chapters are are the the demo, yeah. Right. And basically it starts out with you getting information as to what's happening. There are three countries and you're basically playing um, Dune, the medieval version, as one country hoards all the salt and salt is the essence of trade and life here in this fictional the hierophant world. has spoken yes the hierophant i actually had to look up that word because i didn't know what it meant Ooh. um is it okay if i tell you that i only for sure know how to pronounce that word because of jojo's bizarre adventure oh ah. that's okay i i mean we, we can we can Hierof- we can be honest hierophant here. green <laughs> that's awesome but uh no I so i mean to learn the arcana from persona oh yeah i guess that's true fair like that's the first thing that comes to mind but i have been here in hierophant for most of my life mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you play an rpg you've heard that word yeah. somewhere but i i'd forgotten it it's been a while but uh anyway so you're getting a lot of this info dump early on and then you as the main character uh who you are about to take over a kingdom or not a kingdom, excuse me, a, uh, would it be a lordship? Yeah, you Is are that... becoming the, the new lord of your house. You are Saranoa. Right, you are Saranoa. And um, you're about to meet your, your soon-to-be betrothed when they are attacked by a, a bandit group, and you are thrust into the first battle of the game. And that battle was a lot of fun. It's a very good introduction into what the game's going to be like. Yeah. I think that battle sets a really good tone. 
Um, it does. That the, the game, for, for me, I, I keep keeps up very well. And I'll go off to say immediately, admittedly, like, strap in. There's parts of this that are going to feel like a slow burn, but I know you have some feelings about it, Shay. I, I personally think those bits are worth it. I, I... I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I don't entirely know how I feel about it. I am a little bit down on it right now because, granted, I I haven't put near as much time into the game how, as I've wanted to. How long to. would you say you've put in? Because I, I'm about 15 hours in. Let me check my play time really quickly. But here's what, I, here's what I'll say as I'm checking. Yes, please do. That, yeah, I, I don't want it to be dead air. But I... I thought there was going to be a lot more battling early on, and there has not been as much battling in the beginning as I thought there would be. You know, even Fire Emblem has a lot of preamble, and it has nothing on this game. This game has been nothing but preamble. There's, there's It's not even preamble, because that's a lot. Of, there's a lot of narrative, and I would say that's a problem if I didn't... It's a very well-written game, like... I was taking some notes on this, and I think that the thing I put together fastest for me was this is Final Fantasy Tactics by way of Zucoden in terms of, like, character work. Um, mm. And also, it not having a job system that Final Fantasy Tactics does, every character is a lot more focused in, like, an upgrade path and serving a role. So for that logic, it seems like there's going to be a lot more characters, um, or at least there have been, as I've, I have a lot of characters at this point, uh, some with some very unique abilities which kind of make combat more interesting as you go forward especially when it comes to picking and choosing who you're going to use um the thing is i, I think that writing is all really great across the board um and i'm very much kind of pulled into the intrigue of this world and one of the questions i was going to have for you shay um because i don't know if you've gotten to this point yet have you used the scales of conviction for the first time no, no, and that's that's kind of the point I wanted to get to, um, is that I booted up the game and I've been playing it bit by bit, and I'm just getting this fucking massive information. I gotta remember this guy and this guy and this guy's connected to this guy and this guy's connected to this guy and I and this girl is connected to this guy and this girl is connected to this girl and I'm just like, there's so many fucking people to memorize at the beginning that it feels like I was thrust into the middle of a Game of Thrones novel. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's just, it's really overwhelming. What I'll um, tell you, Shay, is don't I, sweat that too much. Don't focus too much on going, I have to know who this person is. I have to know who this person is. Because the people that truly matter are going to stick around in a lot of ways, in, in ways that make sense for the story. And then I wanted to ask you, because I know you were saying, like, you just feel like you haven't been doing enough battles. Um, you obviously have access to that encampment menu, right? Yes. Have you spoken to the bartender? Do you have any mock battles yet? No, no. I actually. So where I'm at, because I know I'm not. I know I'm not very far in the game. It feels like I've been playing forever because of the dialogue. I'm about to do the um, the second major fight where you are at the celebration. Oh, the, is as it the, the tournament? Three... Yes. That's a very fun one. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, literally, I think it's chapter two. Yes. Is where I'm at. You're still in the demo content, and, just to put you. In yes, I'm. St yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know there are. I looked it up. I think there are 21 or 22 chapters. I'm in chapter seven. And, yeah, there there are a lot of chapters to this game. I 
one thing I'm trying to do with this game, because it's something that I've made a habit of doing in the past and I'm trying to break the habit, is that when there's a lot of preamble and stuff, I skip past all of it. And then I'm spending part of the game wondering, wait, I was supposed to know this, but I skipped it. So I'm trying to do my due diligence of, you know, if I come across any kind of information, I'm trying to absorb it. I'm trying to, you know, do do the thing of actually being engaged. And I think this is the wrong game to pick for trying to do. I, I don't think it is. To do that. I don't think it is. You should absolutely well, do I, that. I mean, it, it's good. It's good. Like I, the things I do appreciate about the story is that when you come across one of the quote unquote, not necessarily main, but important characters you can actually pull up their information by pressing the x button on the switch controller that pulls up this little profile yeah your linkedin profile for this ice mage yep right i I mean it's essentially like a little card that like gives them a visual profile it's it's kind of a an upgrade from the sprite artwork which i think is really cool and it also talks a little bit about the character, their correlation to other characters, and their, their role in the point world, of influence yeah. in the world. Yes. Um, yes. And I appreciate that. That helps out a lot because, uh, yeah, I ha- I really have felt overwhelmed. But I, I, I am enjoying what's happening. It just feels like a battle. Just a shit ton of information. Just like they're fucking you're not wrong about stuffing that. it in their fucking it's another one of those games that i think we talked about this happening a lot this year that like it's a great game it's a fantastic game with a fantastic narrative that has a lot of narrative to give you up front so it feels like it takes a while to get its wheels turning um and that's unfortunately happening with a lot of games and i think this is a great Mm. one so it's worth sticking through it um i have not played this so i don't know how it's actually told to you but i i kind of get the impression that As, as much of a cult following as the Evilist games gained with Final Fantasy Tactics and, like, Vagrant Story, those games are such huge political intrigue It is that. Stories, but also they throw you right into them, and you have no idea what the fuck's happening until forever into it, and it almost seems like maybe they're trying to get you on board much earlier on. I, I, I imagine if, like... Final Fantasy bit much? It, yeah, that, that's probably fair to say. Imagine if Final Fantasy Tactics like tried to get you a little bit more invested in House Beloved for the first hour. Okay. Yeah, because it's like you you have no idea what's even happening for like. I mean, you've got you know what your goal is, but there's so much outside of that. that yeah, they just kind of throw at you. I, I think. Well, that's. If I may. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. If, okay. Thank you. Um. The beginning is you're you're getting a narration of what is happening Mm -hmm. in this world, like how these three kingdoms are connected. Each like one focuses on iron, one focuses on salt, one focuses on like mercantile and intelligence and things of that nature. And they've been warring for a war. Literally just ended. Like there's an uneasy alliance, and they're trying to get together to celebrate that. Right. So you you get that information, and then you're thrust into a lot of characters kind of talking about that alliance. Yeah. And then you get a little bit more narration as there's a bit of a time jump, and then you're further into the alliance. And then um, uh, then yeah. you're, figuring, you're starting to figure out who some of the main players are in that, and they start focusing on that. Then there's finally a battle, and then you're getting a lot more um, of the, okay, these characters are discussing these 
political intrigues, these relationships, these things happening. Okay, now we're going to do a little bit more narration. Now we're going to do a little bit more talking. And it's taken, I think, me, granted, because I'm playing very slowly, trying to absorb all this information. It's taken me a few hours from just the first battle to get yeah. into the second battle. See that? Hmm. And because it's, one, I'm one, not going to say it's yeah. bad. It's not bad. It's just it's not what I thought I was signing up for when I got this game. Yeah, that sounds like stuff that they should be. Some of it you need to know, but like the what each kingdom's known for or whatever seems to be the sort of shit that you find out by getting in battles with each of them. And oh, this country sure has a lot of rogues, and and this one. They're all mages or something like that. Like well, I don't think it's that, that you'd... explicit with it. It's not like yeah. that. This is what that. The, well, actually, one of the questions I was asking Shay about because he's got to be very close to doing this at this point yeah. is um, there's a system in this game that I actually do like called the the scales of conviction, which is like the the scales are the symbol of your house, and um, basically there are seven characters that are your like most trusted they're they're the main characters mm. of the story and they're your most trusted advisors and whenever you need to make a decision in this game each of these characters holds a coin you've given them as like a member of this sort of board of your house and they like your advisory consortium yeah, and they cast a vote on the scales of conviction and whichever way it leans that's the way you go and you always get a period in between this where it basically shows you a thing where it's like these three people feel this way. These three people feel this way. This person's undecided. And you can go and talk to them and try and convince them to, like, change their outlook. And I, I really appreciated that. that. That was actually in the very first demo. And I remember being really confused as to what the fuck was going on. Because it, it was trying to introduce that system to you in the very original demo. But there was no context to it. And, yeah, it... I, that's one of the things I will say that I do appreciate about all the preamble in the beginning is because it is doing a really good job of introducing that system. And it I'm really excited to get further into that system because I did like it when I played the debut it, demo. I just didn't have any context yeah, for it. When you, when you know the stakes. and Because the, the first thing you're going to use that for, which is very soon, Shay, is a very simple decision, but it again shows you the kind of decisions you're going to be making, which is, okay, um we are sending envoys to each of the other two countries just to kind of meet um, with, uh, you know, the the ruling there. And you decide which of the countries you're going to go to. Um, I went to the Holy Empire of Hyacinth, which are the salt people. Um, I based my decision on them being the ones who were the least mean to me at the banquet. Um, and the fact <laughs> that the other people dress like they're all Count Dracula. Um, <laughs> both of which are true, man. There were some fucking dicks at the banquet. Uh, the leader of that other country literally looks like Alucard. Um, that's true. And like, dude, okay. Got to talk about this real quick. Cause this is a perfect time to yeah. insert this. Frederica's cousins. Are they not two of the biggest dicks they in the world? They suck. And their brother, their older brother is Alucard. I don't care what he says. That is Alucard. Um, yeah. Man, there are some shitty there, players. And, and, and even makes, their other cousin, sense. Frederica's other cousin, is like, yeah, sorry, those guys suck. And then he gets loaded and passes out. Uh, right. Um, that guy's a fucking nut job. I was, I, I, he's I'm like expecting... your fun drunk cousin. Uh, oh, really? I thought he was... 
like the way his voice actor plays him he's kind of an he, asshole he too. seems like the pro he seems like just the protocol typical i've got a devious scheme afoot. he does have a devious scheme you'll see but uh I one of the main reasons i was curious if you'd done that bit yet shay is because um i i'm curious what happens if you go to the other country because basically i don't like don't base your decision off this at all but i picked up a new character while i was in hyacinth um and I'm curious, I'm like, oh, I guess you get a different character if you go, you know, to the other place. And I'm wondering... Well, I'll, pl- I'll, I'll play I'll play the other country. Yeah, I'll so go you, to go, to, country. I you go to the Dracula's house and see if you can take <laughs> home a Dracula with you. Um, but Hot. that was one of the other, like, points of... Because not to harp on the, like, oh, the story's a little bit of a slow burn at first. Because I do think it is a very well-written story with interesting characters that maybe just takes right. a while to kick off the ground. The thing I'm really enjoying about this game is I get deeper into it is the sort of character class system because it's another reason I thought of it as like Final Fantasy Tactics meets Sukoden. Like they dumb down certain things in a way Suikoden did that I think is smart with like you don't equip weapons, you just upgrade everybody's weapons and you promote and increase their class. Like everybody like Sereno is a sword fighter, Frederica is a fire mage and you just promote and they get new abilities in their skill tree and you keep getting new characters some of them through stories some of them through character events where it's like oh you can get a new character right now hit start and this event will unfold and this person will join and Hmm. one of my favorite ones i've gotten so far from one of those character events and i don't know if these are random we'll probably be able to parse that out as you play a little bit more shay um Hmm. i got a character who's very unique and i use him all the time now uh i believe his class is labeled as artisan but he's he's a blacksmith basically and his main weapon is a blacksmith's hammer, which doesn't do a ton of damage. But his main gimmick is um, he can set spring-loaded traps on the battlefield, and he can also construct ladders against flat surfaces. Um, That's pretty that, cool. That like, can totally change the way you use the map. Uh, and characters like that are interesting. Like They really shake up the way you play. And the deeper I get, the more I'm starting to find weird characters that completely change how you use strategy. That's one thing they introduce early on is that you're I think this is kind of to the fault of a lot of tactics games is you have a lot of characters that overlap and really fulfill the niche that two or three character classes could. Sure. But you have you you have like five warriors, four archers, three uh characters that can go over terrain for various reasons, three magic users. But what what they establish in this game very early on is each character has a very specific skill set and there's minimal as of now um and it sounds like similar for you minimal overlap and that each character has their place and it really really focuses on that strategy of knowing how to utilize each character's abilities and there there is definitely like overlap like at this point i have like three different healers but the way they are healers are vastly different. And the, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, yeah, that's what I'm alluding to. Their unique ability. They they can all be healers, but the way they do it is yeah. so like different. Like one of my characters is a a healer, a cavalry healer who her heals aren't quite as strong, but she's on horseback, so she can get around the battlefield a lot faster. Right. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um Yeah, what one of the things I wanted to mention um and this is like a little bit more personal because I, I obviously can't talk too vastly much about um, what's what's happened so far. 
Roland is by far my favorite character in the game. I love Roland so far. Roland is great. Um, there's a decision that involves Roland at one point that I think you're going to make the same decision I did, and it's the one you should make. Um, ro- ro- <laughs> hint, hint. Roland's awesome. Um, and as the game goes on, I think you're going to start to appreciate this stuff more, not just with character use, but especially if you make this decision, because it's the only way you'll see this thing in particular. And I really don't want to spoil this, so it's so hard to dance around. But what this game does really well, and I don't think enough tactics game use this, they have some really cool ideas for how to make their maps unique, for how to add environmental things for you to basically try and, like, well, I need to lead the enemy this way because I'm going to use this thing to take them down. Like, Mm. there are a lot of maps where, like, they send you into it going, we are vastly outnumbered. This thing exists on the map, and this is how we're going to beat them. Okay. Okay. That's that's good to know. That'll that'll help me out actually. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I even think about some of my favorite tactics game of all time, Shining Force, and it was just like different terrains. Yeah. And like I, I don't even really focus on that stuff that much when I play that game because it's like ah that's this game secondary. Also uses like high ground and stuff in smart ways, but then uh you know who has another character I absolutely love? Um I can't remember her name at the moment, so I'm a little annoyed at myself. Uh Roland's bodyguard. Not Gila, because that's no. Frederica's. Um, I think it's like I know. Huet or something. She is an archer yeah. that rides a hawk. She's yes. fucking awesome. Because she's an okay. archer that rides a hawk. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need for the context there. Yeah. But I, I've really enjoyed Roland and his just like no no nonsense about He doesn't have time his position. for his dickhead brother's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. He's like, look, it is what it is. This is just, yeah, I have no time for preamble and fuckery. Um, This is such a minor thing, but I wrote it down. It's important to me. One thing I love and hate about this game is the representation of the time and the culture of this era, uh, which it's roughly based off of, is like the specific example I wrote down is when Sarah Noah, Dragon, and Frederica are talking. They're talking in inside of the castle. And um, instead of at, instead of Sarah Noah asking Frederica questions directly, he is asking questions about her to Dragon, which I, I was fucking annoyed by that. I was like, how dumb are you? Just fucking ask her. She's right next He's to you. He's never and spoken I, to a woman before. Well, not only that, probably. But uh, it also, I, I, I realized I was looking at it from the lens of 2022. And back in the day, that was how um, women were honestly treated. And yeah. it, uh, agree or disagree with that. That's the uh, way it was, yeah. Doesn't mean it that's was the way right. It was. That's the way it was, though. Right. And the thing I think that yeah. they, they... Back in the days that dragons and magic. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> back in, exactly. Back in Lord of the Rings times. <laughs> but one of the things I will say is they dispel with that pretty quickly with his character. I think... It's it's a it's a it's something that's never directly mentioned, but it's something that I think they handle tactfully, which is why I say they love it or I love it mm-hmm. is that he quickly does away with that kind of treatment of her. And you don't know, like at the end of the day, you don't know if it's because he's awkward, if that's because that's just how women were treated back in the day. But he quickly dispenses with that behavior and he starts, you know, talking directly to her and relying on her and. They develop a relationship uh, 
a yeah, pretty uh, good relationship later in the game. I'm glad they handled that all right, because that's something that fantasy games fuck up all the time, is let's make this make-believe, you know, aesthetics of medieval-type fantasy land, but, but also... Man, we really liked the racism back then. Let's just let's just keep that. Um, <laughs> oh, they kept whereas, that. I mean, like, it's neat having that as like a concept as long as you address it and do something interesting with it, which I think is something that like Terry Pratchett does a lot with having yes. like yeah, like there's there's racism that goes on in the stories, but kind of addressing it and doing interesting things with it, showing how you know it affects different people in these worlds. Um, that's that's why I've been such a big fan of Ari Salvatore. I yeah. mean, he does that a lot with his character Drist. Mm-hmm. I, like it's it's neat when that's handled oh, well instead of being like never heard of him. So many games when we were younger were just like, man, let's do a fantasy setting so we can be assholes. So we can no one racist. no one can say it's about a real thing. Yeah, like it's allegories mm-hmm. are dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I, I will say that so far this game has seemed like it's done pretty well for representation of women, for sure. I've definitely seen a lot of powerful women characters mentioned and introduced into the game pretty early on. I will and say only that... only 80% of them are healers. Well, right. to be fair, your first female <laughs> character is, like, your main DPS caster, but the other one's a healer. <laughs> right. Um... I will say so far, I haven't encountered much in terms of inclusion of different races. Except for the people that live in the sandy place. Huh. And even then, there's a lot of white people mm, there. Yeah, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a a single black person in in this, uh, in this game. I haven't, yeah. Why? I haven't seen a single, it's all right. It it happened. It happened. It's, it's done and over with. (laughs) I haven't seen a single Asian person in this game yet. Um, definitely, definitely not great in terms of It would of that, be surprising but... if Asia was a place here in this. Uh... Right, right. I'm just saying, like, there's a lack of inclusion uh, in yeah. terms of race. Uh, I haven't seen anything for, like, LGBTQ stuff. Not that the game needs to have any of that stuff, but it's always good to mention that because yeah. I think that we're pushing towards and again not saying area. it's not there like we if, if we who the fuck knows it could be buried 30 hours in yeah yeah but at that at that at that same stroke then why why should it take 30 hours for us to see that i mean as hopefully well? it turns out they're not there but only because literally no one has any genitalia in this entire fantasy well that's world, the big it's, reveal it's just not addressed until they're, they're very all, far into the they're game. all smurfs mm-hmm. mm. exactly what, one last thing I want to mention, and this is a minor gripe, and this is a very personal gripe. It has it's nothing against the game. Is I'm so fucking tired of RPG dialogue. Where it's it's like, granted, I, I know it's hearkening back to a previous era where people talked a certain way. But I've never heard a person in my fucking life say the word prattle. And every single RPG you find, you can hear someone, they, they're they prattling on with their nonsense. And I think that I, is very specific like, because you, like, do you just hate that word for no reason? No, it's not just that word. Like, I wrote down different examples and I was like, all right, this is getting too, too nitpicky. 
I wrote multiple examples now. Just like that's one of the I just wanted to give context. There is a for... certain degree of dialect that Final Fantasy Tactics really like to use that I think they're trying to do the same thing. And I, for one, like almost clap with glee at it. I think it's funny. They, I just, don't, yeah. All those games did an interesting thing with actually making the dialects matter because it wasn't just, and like you're saying, a lot of this is just generic Britishisms. Like let's yes. let's let's use a bunch of Irish and Scottish well, so words said, love. And, and and then pretend that it's like somehow you know old because of it. Whereas like, I, I think the Glasgow on, was, they're just mean. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like those games did a little bit better because you could kind of tell people's alliances based off of you know whether or not they sounded Irish or not. Mm. Um. Like it, was, it was neat how they had different dialects going on there. I forgot that the main villain of Final Fantasy Tactics was the IRA. Yeah. Um, whereas, like you're saying, in so many fantasy games, it's just vaguely, you know, vaguely British is kind of all it's, it boils down to. Right. It's like when an, an American tries to imitate an Irish person and says fook a lot when... Not a lot of Irish people actually say the word "fook." No one, mm-hmm. yeah, but, right. But I, uh, yeah, it's it's just that dialogue just doesn't do anything for me, and I'm I just get tired of. Trust me, hearing. if a real Scottish person were talking at at you, you wouldn't be giggling. You'd simply have no idea what the fuck they were saying. Exactly, exactly. Huh. Um, but I mean that's such a minor nitpicky thing. That's a me thing and not a game thing. So that's why I wanted to mention it at the end. Yes, dear. The other thing, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing I want to say is the voice acting is really hit or miss so far. Some of them are phenomenal, and some of them are serviceable. I think they're hamming it up in a way I can appreciate. Yeah, they. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Is like some of the characters are really hammed up, and the ones that are especially hammed up don't jive with me as much as the ones. And they're my ones. favorites. <laughs> Rich, we have a very different take on that. Oh, I did want to say one last thing. I'm it's sorry. Like the music is the best character in all of <laughs> yeah. all of media in like the last yeah, it's know, true. 10 years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Alan Dudek, you stole our hearts. <laughs> but what's my motivation? Why do I want to deliver the mail? <laughs> do love Alan Tudyk. Sorry about the police siren in the background. Why did uh, you do a crime? No. And why are you apologizing? Because you, <laughs> you guys are going to be able to hear it on the recording. But uh, no, the other thing I want to say is the music has been pretty solid in this game so far. I've really enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. And when you were going through long tactics battles, you hear a lot of it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more of it because what I've heard so far has been great. So, yeah, I mean. I can't really say much else about the game until I get further into it, but um, I know I had a lot to say for the as little as I've played, but I wanted to get complete first impressions out there. I like this game quite a bit. I think we'll have a more interesting conversation once you've bitten off a bit more of it. Right, exactly. Cool. Well, the other main game we're going to be talking about today is Elden Ring, which is the only other game that any one of us had played. <laughs> I played some Elden Ring. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, that game's pretty good, you guys. I don't know if you knew this. Um, 
Uh, Josh made a face that's troubling to me. It exists. I really okay. I'm I'm way into it now at this point. Uh, so once I wrap my Horizon review, SwordJump.com, uh, I restarted Elden Ring because I wasn't like in love with the build I was doing, mm-hmm. and I decided to go in a very different direction. Uh, than what I would do in previous Souls games, which is uh, building high dex, high intelligence uh, for a magic swordsman build. So, mm-hmm. staff and sword. Um, as of the other night, I have now at the point I've beaten Margit, the first like real you know boss you have to surmount. Then I've been kind of fucking off to get equipment I wanted to get and like taking down a few other like side bosses in the world and. I mean, exploring in this game is fun just because you're seeing weird shit and it's like, what monstrous fucking Elder Char waits over the next, you know, hill or whatever. Um, yeah. And the deeper I get in, like, the weird shit you find, uh, just past Margit, and I don't know if you ever got to that point, Josh, did you did you kill Margit and move on from there? No, the game kind of broke that one day and it never Oh, right, you're, you're playing back. the PC version. Yep. The Fool's Errand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be playable in about eight months. So I don't I'll think so. Back up I mean, it's from, so I don't think so. But uh, I kind of continued on from there, and I think actually a little bit of what you're looking for, Josh, is kind of what happens when you go up that way, because Killing Margaret leads you to Stormvale Castle, which is the location of the first Elden Lord. Yeah, And being inside that castle is the most like a traditional Souls game this game has felt. Like, yeah, like the underworld that I went to beforehand is similar. Yeah, is that, uh, but you know, kind of on the swamp scale of some of the other stuff. Like, sure, as far as like you know, just, just kind of overall scale, but you know, without the actual swamp there, so you weren't at that scale, and then also going a quarter of the speed you should. Um, which I'm, I'm afraid I'll eventually get there, but get to see a swamp swamp. There have been marshes and whatnot, There's, but not... You'll find one, trust me. I've explored a lot of the map at this point. Um, I'm sure there are at least 25, it, given the scale minimum. of this map. That's the yeah. amount I've seen, at least. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you, you kind of fuck around in there. And I, I left for a while, because I'm like, I'm going to go find some equipment I want. Like, I went to an area where I got a, a sword I wanted in particular, called the Moonvale Katana. I had to kill this dragon to get it. Um... It is, as I said, I'm doing a magic swordsman build. This is a high intelligence sword. Uh, I think it's like 23 intelligence to wield. Um, yeah. That straight up fires a beam of energy uh, when you swing it. Yep. Like there Zelda style. Like, this is exactly what I was looking for. Uh, but there's just a lot to like here. There's a lot of weird shit going on. Like, that castle area, some dude fucked me over immediately. You go up to that castle, and there's this dude just hanging out there. And he's like, hey, tarnished, come here. And I'm like, oh, God, what's this about? And this guy basically tells you, he's like, don't go through the front gate. Like, you know, it's dangerous. And he's not bullshitting you. It's dangerous to go through the front gate. He's like, I got this side passage right here. You should take this one. And if you're like, all right, cool, thanks, man. And you go through his side passage. Um, eventually you'll notice when you're dying and you come back to collect your body, you're like, why are some of my runes missing? This guy is straight <laughs> up sneaking around and following you through the passageway and taking some of your runes when you die. That's hilarious. 
Like, to the point where, and I didn't even think they'd go this far, if you spin the camera around quick enough and turn, you can catch him following you and confront him <laughs> about it and be like, hey, what the fuck, man? And then if you're like me, he tells you, he promises he'll never do it again, and then you kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I could be sure. <laughs> I love that. That's one of the reasons why I really want to be playing this game right now is because, like, that kind of shit. And there's a lot of that kind of shit, like weird people just hanging out on the side of the road uh there's like the pot warrior guy that we saw in all the promotional images that has a weird quest line um if you're curious about the reward he gives and whether there's a way to get it faster is you could do what i did and kill him by accident there you go i don't have to do that quest line he dropped the reward yeah i did notice that it's kind of interesting and nice i guess that in town in town they just disable your attack so you don't have to worry about accidentally killing oh, in, the main in, quest in, in, in the round table hold? Yeah, which I appreciate. Like, I understand some people will be like, oh, no, man, like, I, I liked being able to just kill whoever, but in a game this obnoxiously long, if you somehow killed the main quest givers, it, it, it could end up being a lot. To, to have to reconsider how you even accomplish also stuff like without the you know the main cast around yeah that area in particular the round table hold is clearly meant to be like this like there, there's a piece sort of thing going on there it's where all the tarnished hang out and like swap stories about dragons they murdered yes yeah hmm. but yeah man i think hmm. i'm i'm hitting close to like the the 20 hour mark in uh, Elden Ring, and I feel like I've still only scratched the surface. Like, there's weird shit going on anywhere, and I'm starting to get to that point where I feel, like, well-equipped enough that not everything feels like a dire threat. Like, everything's still lethal, but I'm, like, confident in jumping in and holding my own. Man, are there some status effects you learn that are way more useful than others? Like, Bleed is a motherfucker in this game. Mm -hmm. That is how I, I took down Margit, is... Uh, once I realized, like, that bleed effect stacks in a way that is ridiculous, and I could just summon that jellyfish summon to just aggro all this damage. Um, again, this is a Souls game. It kicks your ass. I still think there are ways to fuck off in, in a manner that makes it more palatable than a lot of other Souls games were. But it's still really hard, and you still really need to engage with it and learn to, uh, to make progress yeah the one thing that i do like about how it handles the the difficulty there is some enemies have just way too much health and it's like it's kind of oh you you go to attack them it's like okay i need to level and come back but once you level and come back it's still basically a souls fight you're not like over leveling to a point where the boss is not damaging you or anything. It's yeah. it's still it's still a matter of learning every fight that you get into. Um so it, it seems like they've handled it fairly well as far as um making the the, the fights all still satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I'm still just not as big of a fan of Frankly, they they fucked up by going back after Sekiro and just just don't have levels be a thing um like we don't we don't need them like i'm fine with it in this this context sekiro is a very different beast to me like i think 
the ability to fuck off and level up and get strong enough to come back and take down a thing is a key part of this game. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that that was a big thing. That's 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 always been a big part of it. I just think that Sekiro is just balanced so much better because they understand exactly what your power level is going to be anytime you go anywhere. Yeah, um, I mean, that's probably fair to say, and I like Sekiro fine, but it is like, I think it scratches a different itch. It is my least favorite Souls game. I think it's the best by a good 40% margin I, over anything else. I don't but. think you're, like, objectively wrong. I just think for me and for the things I enjoy about those games, it is is my least favorite because of that. Like, Bloodborne will forever be, like, the, the peak of Souls for me. Yeah. No, hmm. I, like, I, th- I think Sekiro, Bloodborne, and Dark Souls 1 are the best by a significant margin. I like Demon um, Souls more than Dark Souls kind of for, One. I know for, that's wrong kind of for different but reasons, but yeah. Um. Anyway, Elden Ring well, continues to yeah. be cool. Yeah, I I have a quick. We'll I have see a quick once question. I'm able to. Actually, I've not played it since the last patch. I need to see if it's playable again. I, I need to put that time back into it, but just where I was beforehand. It was a long enough break before that next patch hit that you know wasn't playable before then and i didn't care by the time it was patched so Mm -hmm. i I need to get back to it and see if it you know keeps my attention when i'm not fighting the performance instead of the actual game sure Hmm. um i have a quick question rich it's mainly to wrestle some jimmies sure but gotta ask uh i don't know if you guys saw this but today ign posted their top 10 open world games of all time i did see that elden ring was number five okay and breath of the wild was number one correct yeah that's correct what witcher 3 was number two grand theft auto sure. 5 was number three wrong those are both wrong witcher 3 oh witcher, witcher 3 witcher is definitely is, number is two definitely that's in the top 10 but it's not it's not number two grand theft auto 5 is not a, i don't even know if I'm, I'm comfortable calling it a video game well, I understand why it's up there. I mean, it's still relevant oh. today. I, I don't like it, but it's still relevant. Uh, Red Dead 2 is number four. Also wrong. Uh, Fallout New Vegas is number six. That should have been two. Should have been three. Should have been three, yeah. Skyrim, number seven. Which version? The, the one that runs on my dishwasher? <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is number eight. That's a good game. That that was my facial expression too, Josh, when I first saw the list. Uh, That's a good game. It's open world is like the best part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, like I like it. It's just, eh. I like the, exactly. I, like the, nah, I disagree. Um, Horizon Forbidden West is number nine. I really like her. I reviewed it. You yeah. should see what I thought of it on the website. Hey. And Spider-Man Miles Morales was number 10. That should be higher than a lot of things on this list. Yeah, like, if we're calling that open world, then, yeah, that should have been, like, three or four. Yeah. Um, that, because cause that's kind of the, the issue. There are a couple good ones, and then that entire list, rest of the list is trash. Um, Ooh. Ooh, like and I don't disagree with open world games. And I don't disagree with um, Horizon Forbidden West being on the list. I just think it should probably be like the lowest of all of those, except for the ones that shouldn't be on the list. 
Um, just because of like it's it's a great open world game with a really cool world that has a lot of map pollution. Yeah, like it's very odd that out of the actual open world games that aren't dog shit, somehow Minecraft wasn't on that list. That's a really good point. Like that deserves to be over a good seven of those top ten bare minimum. Sure, I think that's uh, yeah. Like I'm not even a big Minecraft guy, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. The main point of me bringing this up right now is because I was curious. Um, I've been recently seeing some rumblings that people saying Elden Ring, uh, expands upon what Breath of the Wild did and does it better. That's... I I I haven't played Elden Ring, so I can't speak to it. And I very recently pe- played Breath of the there's... Wild, so maybe I have a little bit of recency bias. I, but I think I, there, there's there's a discourse happening around this because this is the first i mean not the first like i'm pretty sure sekiro did actually i can't even remember if sekiro has durability but anyway the first souls game basically to scrap durability which yes durability has always been complete dog shit in the souls games with no actual function so they got rid of it in this in breath of the wild it's a completely different scenario to me but yeah i've i've heard people come the discourse there being this is better than breath of the wild because they got rid of durability and no those are completely different things the durability has a function in that game whereas in all the souls game it's just a waste of your fucking time yeah the um i I mean there's only like one aspect i think that's worth comparing uh breath of the wild and uh elden ring in and i think that's like discoverability Mm. and it's yeah. hard to even say like Elden Ring's necessarily doing it better. I think sometimes things draw your eye a little bit more because by the nature of Souls games, you often look off in the distance and see something and go, "What the fuck is that?" and have to go see that like more so than like Breath of the Wild, yes. there's some fantastical things. Well, but like in Elden Ring, like I look through my telescope and I see dragons eating each other's asses and I'm like, "I need to go see what that is." Mm-hmm. Hot. Nobody told me that that's in the game. It's in a secret cave. Yep. Uh, the cave of wonders. Normally we can fuck good, woolly mammoths you know, down here. 80, 90 bucks. Oh. Order that in. Yeah. The cave of wonders. Welcome, Tarnished. <laughs> <laughs> to the cave of wonders. Wonders. But, uh, yeah. The wonders. I thought that that was an interesting uh, list. Um, that is a list that happened. That mm-hmm. is a list indeed. That did happen. But uh, we're going to go on our final break, and then we're going to talk about some social media polls. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Ah, m- what? What in the blazes is going on? X-Tree! X-Tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Sword Jump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store. 
Com. Yes! Store.swordchomp.com! Store.swordchomp.com. Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister. Did you hear about store.swordchomp? All right, and we're back. We have just a brief outro. We're going to be doing some social media polls. I know you're excited. Me too. Well, let's talk about them, shall we? Shall we? Sure. Okay. If we have to. Are you going to pick up Triangle Strategy? 46% of people said, you know it. And 54% of people said, nah, man. I'm, I'm not surprised by that number i don't think i think it's a higher number than i expected like i still Mm. think like that full-on like squares like old school tactics rpg is a little bit of a niche but maybe it's getting less so i just with all the love that final fantasy tactics has over has amassed over the years i thought it would be a higher number i I think in some ways it still feels like smaller circles for people who really talk passionately about that game to me like my view is maybe a little skewed also even because that game final fantasy tactics is I haven't thought about this in a long time, but it's somewhere on like my top ten games of all time. It's a damn good game. It is a damn good game. Oh god! <laughs> Sorry, Josh, I was just catching up. Josh is making uh, jokes in the chat. Yeah, I have to yeah. try to break them. It was a little late. It came to a natural break. My mic, the way I was leaning, my mic yeah. is covering where the text comes up, and. Mm. Smart man. Smart yeah, man. yeah. He he finished his thought before it broke him. It was unfortunate. Was, was you, you just an awkward pause is not what you're aiming for with with that sort of distraction. No. Yeah. Yeah. Better luck next time, kid. Yep. I uh, is Fire Emblem Three Houses one of the best tactics games to date? Sixty-two uh, percent of people said, "Oh God, yeah," and thirty-eight percent of people said, "Hell no." All 62... Depends where you draw the cutoff on best. 62% of people, that's the second tactic game they've ever played. Yes. I said one of the best. I didn't say the best. Okay. I said one of the best. Uh-huh. It's it's good. It's no Final Fantasy I Tactics. I think it's real good. I mean, I, oh, I would great. put it it's up there game. with, like... I think I'd put it up there with Into the Breach. Um, eh. I wouldn't put it quite... I wouldn't quite put it past Shining Force, but never heard of that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Ever since Into the Breach, it, it's come to my attention that we just need to stop fucking putting RPG elements into tactics games. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. Because that game is so much better than the rest of the field by, you know, having everything be so tightly tuned. Instead it's a of, great game. It's a different different thing. Yeah, like I I I'm down for a good grindy tactics game but that's not tactics at that point it's kind of it's an rpg that has a slightly different Listen, battle sir, system i like a tactics rpg i like playing for six hours until i can make my samurai walk on water exactly because like that's even even with like yeah 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 uh there there are two different types of tactics games at the end of the day and i appreciate them both very very much i i I'm less of a fan of the the RPG tactics games after playing Into the Breach, um, just because that game 
really kind of destroyed expectations of what it could be. Um, I agree. I agree. It's yeah, it's still such a good game even five years later. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. Now, Rich, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. Does Final Fantasy Tactics still resonate with you? And I made that as simple as possible. Yeah. That way people could just show the love. 54% of people said, I love this game. 46%, 46% of people said, never got into it. I like how you, you gave know. both options an out. Yeah. 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 You, you couldn't hmm. actually say that you played it and no. With those options. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, 46% of people just never played it. Mm-hmm. Well... You know, I wanted I wanted to be as all encompassing as possible well, because the, if the the more specific I do those polls yeah. in all actuality, the less people will actually vote on them. So the broader I am, well, mm-hmm. to be the fair, like I'm used to existing in a world where I'm like people have bad taste. Like a lot of people watch The Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah, yeah. No, what was what was GTA number three on that list? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's an awful lot of bad taste to go around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, not enough people like Shining Force. I don't even know what that is. I just inserted... This guy keeps talking about some phone game that's not even out yet. (laughs) (laughs) I deserve that. I deserve that, because I won't shut the fuck up about it. I was going to tell you to shut the fuck up, and I was like, you know what? I need to shut the fuck up. I'm the one who needs to do the shutting up, but no. um, I, you know... I, I was a little bit surprised by that number again, but then I think you have a good point, Rich, that it is a very cult status game and it is a cult genre on top of that. It's from a time so. in my life where like I had a PlayStation one in like six games and that was one of them. So I'm going to play it yeah. endlessly. It is, it is a solid game. I'm surprised that square hasn't done more with it, to be honest with you. I think yeah, a lot I mean, of the evil stuff got tied up. And also, they, they tried to, and, like, I like, like, Tactics Advance and stuff, but none of them quite hit the same high. It's it's because they were, they're really good, but they're spin-offs, spin-offs. Like, they're not even in the evil canon so much as they are, like, what if there's a game we are playing as if it's, like, an isekai into the evil worlds, yeah. which is that's cool it's neat it kind of makes it much more lighthearted. storybook elements yeah um, i do love the tutorial in tactics advance though with the snowball it's fight. so good like it's so it's so, so smart um but yeah like i i think it's hard to bring people in with spin-offs like that um especially when you like you said it's like this weird light-hearted spin-off when the original game is like this dramatic dark story about oh, political yeah. intrigue and betrayal mm-hmm. like delita is a hell of a character who has a tragic tragic story yeah yeah um and like i, I love all those games but they're so different from each other that it's also yeah like that's another like really great point like t- the final fantasy tactics story is such a weird way of telling a fantasy story because it, like, starts you off by going, like, hey, history told this story of, like, this great hero who rose, but, like, that's not who you're playing as. You're oh, yeah, playing yeah. as Ramza, who is this sort of forgotten character who played a major role in this war, but history doesn't tell his story. History doesn't remember him. Yeah. Hmm. I love right. that game so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I suspect it will be on some 
podcast as some episode at some point in the That's, future. That'll definitely happen. Um, I, uh, I've tried to, I'll get into this at a later date at some point, but like a lot of what I've been planning for some podcast at this point, um, a lot of games turn 20 in the year 2022. And because of a that, lot. I am trying to talk about a lot of those games while it mm-hmm. feels like a, a natural time to do so. Smart. Smart choice. Yes. Um, oh, wow, my poll just disappeared. Sorry. That's what she I said. I found mine. It's a or little heat. cold. It's, it's chilly, chilly up here. It's understandable. I should turn the heat on. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, I realized what I just said. I got to get out in front of it. <laughs> also what she said. Not, not much uh, the upcoming indie uh, disappeared like that. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> his upcoming... penis. <laughs> the upcoming indie game, Chia, has characters talking in the native language Drehu. I think that's how you pronounce it, or Drehu, which I think is really cool. They had to spend a lot of time finding actual voice actors and actresses that can speak the language. Uh, they went through that process. That is cool. Mm-hmm. 59% of people said plus one for inclusivity. And 49% of people said not interested. That's one of my favorite things uh, actually about Moon Down from last year is it's using a very specific regional language slash dialect that is, you know, only spoken in, you know, it's a tiny part. It really um, uh, places the story. Of the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a. Uh, it's an interesting detail. Yeah, and that, that's something that uh, I feel like some games, especially kind of like the late '90s when voice acting was expensive, mm-hmm. tried to get around by like let's let's have gibberish and then you know makes localization easier to deal with. Um, mm. I, I think gibberish is not the way to go at this point but even even like the systems of gibberish is still allowing for um the emotion to come through i mean something like uh jet the far shore had a made-up language i hate it's kind of kind of based off of kind of anyway it's based off of several real languages at this point but like what what would it sound like in the future um, Just to be clear, because I, I made I felt the need to say that I don't hate the actual language in Jet the Far Shore. You and I discussed mm-hmm. this at the time. I think I hate how much it's happening while you're just reading text on a screen because it's incredibly distracting. Yeah. Yes, and from what I was reading about that, they actually they made a whole language, and then they realized it would have been even more lengthy talking while you've already gone through the entire reading portion of it, and so they shortened it. So it's like. They have a shorthand version of a full language that they made, That's and insane. it's still a lot. That's insane. Um, um, but yeah, I, I do think that helps to really get across the emotion of something, having someone actually speaking uh, a language, even even if very few people are going to know what's going on there, and then it's then translated. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that... I mean, if it's done well. If it's done well. Because, again... You still need skilled voice actors to, to get across, um, you know, like, the, you know, the internal kind of the feelings of these characters. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, th- there, 
there's a balance i think between trying to be inclusive as well as making sure the pro the end product is of a certain quality mm-hmm. you know I, I i can appreciate i how do i word this i can to a certain degree and probably a certain large degree be willing to compromise quality for inclusivity like in this instance where chia will be using a native language if it's not the highest quality of voice acting i'm gonna be okay with that at the end of the day because i know what they're going for oh yeah yeah because especially if they're trying to place it in like a like an actual culture it makes way more sense to have someone who understands that try to get that across even if it's doesn't come across as something that's as easily understandable is kind of what mm. we kind of expect from the way a lot of media is presented to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, it makes sense in that situation. Um, anyway, anyway. Yeah. It's good stuff either way. Good mm-hmm. stuff. You're the one that's good yeah. stuff. I wish that number was higher, but also I know it's an indie game and that's generally a tough sell to people. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But I think for the inclusivity aspect that personally, I think the number should have been higher, but it is what it is. Life it goes is what on. It is. I hope. Uh, the last poll I did was uh, actually correlating to our topic of this week. When you are gaming, do you have any special superstitions in order to be victorious? Uh, and what I mean by that is, for example, what are you showing us? Check Quest HD, baby, it's here. Oh, you Apparently. didn't. Did you not hear that was happening? No, I didn't. I was just looking on there real quick because you you mentioned the Mario games being on sale, and anyone hearing this, you missed out. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless you didn't because you knew ahead of time, but right. I was just looking on there. Yeah. Why? Why not? Why? You didn't. That happened a couple years ago, but it just got ported to Switch. Why? Why not? No, like, I understand why, but why isn't it free? It's an advertisement. Why am I paying for an advertisement? I think it should, you know what it should cost, in my opinion? Whatever the current price of a, a box of checks is. Yeah, we used mm. to send in UPCs for this sort of thing. And actually, it is only five bucks, so that's like... That's, that's probably like, pretty that's accurate, a, that's actually. That's about one one or two UPCs, yeah, so it kind of makes up. sense-ish. Shut up, old man. Pay your five dollars for your checks quest. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I uh I well I mean I, I view it as that a developer still had to make that game. So Yeah. He has to get paid. Someone still has to make the commercials. Someone I don't pay for the commercials. Someone made Checks Quest, I assume at gunpoint. I sure hope. If <laughs> We used to be a country, a proper country. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know, now we're not. Anyways, Hell yeah, uh, we're not. So, like, what I was referencing with that that poll, by the way, <laughs> is that, you know, <laughs> f- maybe for some people, in order to, like, when they're about to face a boss, they want to plug in their controller because they don't want it to die. Like, there's a superstition of, like, Maybe the boss drains the controller more and they don't want to take the risk. Or maybe some psycho man is bullshit. Or yeah, or maybe they have to have their favorite speaking of which. Hold on for fuck's sake. Let me get this one out, then you guys can distract me. Let me finish first. 
please. <laughs> just this last one. Or you have to drink a can of soda while you're playing the game, and it's a very specific soda. Or you have to, you know, take a 20-minute break after every hour because if you don't, then you won't be successful. I don't know. Any yeah. kind of superstition. That was basically what I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. It, it can be very specific or loosely based. And, um, based. Based. And the ro- ro- uh, the results were 53% of people said it's a secret, and 47% of people said whatever, nerd, and that really hurt my feelings. I, I probably uh. do stuff like that, and I don't even realize it. You know, like, it's, like, more or less yeah. than, like, less superstitious and more of, like, a weird, like, tick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, Josh, sorry, you wanted to say something. You wanted I to just interrupt wanted to fit- Oh, yeah, yeah, the the controller thing. Most games pause when your controller dies at this point. Every now and then, a game still fucking doesn't. Why? Fuck why, you. Why? Like, it should just... That should happen at the system level. It should not even be a matter of the developers have any option at this point. If your controller dies, the system should just pause the fucking game. If your controller dies. You should manage your battery. Like how how is that still an issue, at this point? Hmm. Well, who knows? Who knows? I I mean, like there are. What's the most recent? Oh, I don't think Arceus pauses. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I never played that in like handheld, so the console well, would die. But yeah, I played it on the TV, but I charged my controllers. It's impossible I... to it's impossible to have your controller die while playing with a Switch Pro controller because they run for Dude, 20 that hours. thing is last a couple of years yeah no no like like it was designed to run for 20 hours and fully charge in four like that's that controller if you great. sleep at all you can't kill the controller it's anyway hmm. it's good yeah i was just curious if you had any anybody had any superstitions do you guys have any specific ones that you guys can think of nothing um I, nothing i'm aware of like like maybe you walk outside like, like, like and yell at a homeless while person. Trying to catch a Pokemon, which was a rumor for a long time. Mm. Oh, I did. I had a Pokemon one when I was a kid. Like I don't do it to this day, but like back in like you know the the Game Boy days of Pokemon, um, when I was trying to catch a legendary, I would throw the ball and then I would turn the Game Boy upside down and put it like, mm. not look at it, like wait a few seconds to lift it and see what the result was. See, yeah, that's like a superstition. Yeah, like yeah. That. I'm trying to think of anything like that. Um, hmm. Not that I can really think of more. More minor like ticks, like you were saying, Rich. Like yeah, like things uh, you're like, not. I didn't think it actually affected anything, but I'm like OCD about it. Like yeah, yeah. For example, when o- opening Hearthstone packs, I generally open them in like a you know like a five point star pattern. Just well, because. that's just Why because you're Why trying not? to summon Satan. Exactly. Um, I mean, that could kind of be seen as a superstition in a way. But 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 again, like no, that's pure magic. It, like it's yeah, exactly. Just just for the fuck of it, like, <laughs> like you know, I like the fuck of it. Oh, um, fuck you. I'm trying to think of anything else like that. Mm. I used to uh, when I would play more difficult games in my early twenties, I would. You know, if I kept just dying to a boss, I would pop a Viagra because I knew that if 
Because now you got a third appendage to work the controller with. That's right. That's right. Fuck the boss before it fucks me. No, um, I don't really have any superstitions when I play a video game or anything like that. I just play a video game. So I, I know it still happens. I just play a video game. I'm not a nerd. The funniest thing I've noticed, especially when playing like MMOs or, or, or something like that, is certain things will be completely random. Like, it's it's just random, period. But you'll go on there trying to find out how to find a certain item or something, and there will be, like, three pages of people debating whether or not it's got a higher chance to spawn at night or during the day. And you're like, it's it's literally just that half of you guys play at night. and ha- like it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's, half of you play during the day, yeah. Yeah, like, it's... um, You see that all the time, though, where people are just like, it happened for me this way. Like, I... I showed up this one time and it happened my first time because of this particular gear that you need to be wearing. Like, no, you, that's just how you happen to be when it showed up for you by accident. Um, hmm. on You're the stupid. first time. Um, cause, cause we're really bad at that. Um, f- for example, I, 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 you, you trying to remember when you stopped playing final fantasy 14, but, but with the cat book, you know what the cat book is? It's like a, anyway, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, for anyone who doesn't play Final Fantasy fourteen, it's it's like a, a weekly challenge thing that you can fill out and, and get rewards for. But each thing you do puts something on a four by four grid, and if you make lines out of it, you get extra rewards. Um anyway, I accidentally got three lines, which is nearly impossible on that thing. My first time doing it. Didn't know what the fuck was going on. And assumed, oh, this is a really easy thing. It's going to be a matter of, like, you know, not a lot of effort getting into this. It'll, it'll basically never happen again without extreme luck for that to happen. But it accidentally happened my first time. And, it you know, it t- took me a couple months to realize, oh, that was just a complete fucking fluke that that happened. Um, but, it, like, once your expectations are set, it's really hard to break that mindset uh, just because we make patterns well it's for fun fucking confirmation bias yeah yeah um yeah like it, it's really easy to have that sort of thing accidentally happen and you know think you have to continue doing something because it, it worked for you the one time um hmm yeah yeah it's i mean that makes sense yeah that's all how superstitions get started so cool well i mean that's it for the polls uh thank you to everyone who voted and oh you're welcome uh we're a part of that so if you want to vote on those uh every tuesday at the sword chomp instagram and if you want to chime in on the actual topic we're discussing that week every thursday at the sword chomp instagram you can do that as well um we like to get everybody involved in and uh on what's what's happening in the show we like to get you guys being a part of it but um that's gonna wrap up the show it's a shorter show this week we unfortunately didn't have a lot of time to play video games but we still got some good talk in there uh if you want more content from us head over to swordchomp.com where we have other podcasts uh we have a brand new episode of chomping after dark our spoiler cast going up in two weeks it's up for the patrons if they are hearing this now they get early access to that also we have a brand new episode of evoking the sublime up that's the podcast where i interview game developers and talk about 
their games, the history and the creation process of that. It is the final episode of the this uh, series of interviews I've done. I interviewed um, Alex Preston and Yi Zhang of Heart Machine, and we talked about Solar Ash, which is a game that dropped in December of last year. It was a really good conversation. Um, I appreciate both of those two for showing up and uh, being patient. We had some technical issues, uh, but we got it worked out, and I think the episode was really great to be honest with you so that's on all feeds you can check that out it's live now as of uh, yesterday actually also rich has his own podcast called chomping at the bits where he talks about the historical relevance of an older retro video game uh the most recent episode he did was tony hawk's pro skater that's right and then tony so Hawk immediately in- hurt himself we cursed him yeah mm-hmm. you guys did so if you're interested in that, uh, go ahead and kick, flip, and grind your way over to uh, any of the podcast listening feeds and check out that newest episode. Uh, we also have merch at store.swordshop.com, which I'm sure you heard from our uh, funny commercials. British folk. That you can, yes, you can check out some threads, and uh, if you get anything, send it my way, and we'll rep you on the social media apps. Also... Uh, if you want more content from us, you can check out our article section on the site where we review video games and we do think pieces. Rich just got one up very recently on Horizon Forbidden West. Um, a lot of people haven't finished that game, unfortunately, because there have been an onslaught of video games dropping the past few weeks. So if you're curious, ah, oh, should I pick this game up? Go read Rich's review. He does a very in-depth um, reason of why you should be buying that game. I played a lot of Horizon Forbidden West, and now I'm allowed to go to bed. Hey, that's that's a positive. Um, also, the last thing I want to mention is Patreon. I know everybody has a Patreon. I know everybody has a Patreon, but um, I would love for you to go check out ours where you will get access to a private Discord channel, private Instagram where we give you updates on what's happening in the world of sword chomp. You get access, early access to various podcasts um, and a lot more stuff. So uh, it helps us out because we are 100% listener funded. All the money that we make goes right back into the show to make more content, such as the stuff that I've been talking about for the last few minutes. So if you're interested, head over there and check it out, and we'd appreciate it very much. So thank you for that. Um, also, if you want to follow us, uh, it's Swordchomp on Instagram, on Twitter. Those are our main outlet sources. And if you're interested in joining our Discord, you know, we have a um, just normal non-VIP version of our Discord. Let us know. Send us a message on any of the social media apps. We'll get you the link, and we'll get you in on the Discord so you can... Uh, talk with a bunch of like-minded individuals who love video games and comics and things of that nature. But that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Thank you for checking us out. We appreciate it very much. We're going to be back next week uh, with another exciting episode. I want to say thank you to Rich from the undisclosed McDonald's parking lot. I want to say thank you to (laughs) Joe. I want to say thank you to Josh for being here from uh, North Carolina. I was your host Shay calling in from Japan. We will catch you on the next week. Um, Slava Ukraine. Uh, Drink some water. Be safe out there. 
Take care of yourselves. Yes, Rich? I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, you're holding your finger up. I thought you wanted to say something. I apologize. Oh, no. Um, If I wanted to say something, I'd simply interrupt you. No, that's fair. That's true. (laughs) And a little special message. uh, Next weekend is going to be St. Paddy's Day weekend. Be safe out there. Have fun. Drink responsibly. If you uh, end up getting too drunk, call a taxi or an Uber or call a friend. Keep yourself safe out there. Call a flower. And, uh, and, uh, uh, we'll get you on the next episode. Take care. I almost, I almost said, and if you deflower a virgin, please wear a condom. <laughs> <laughs>